This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings, this is Dina Marie of Faith Moments, and welcome to our weekly podcast where we proclaim and ponder our Sunday Mass readings. Again, I want to welcome those of you that are listening on your favorite podcast platform. You can always download Faith Moments with Dina Marie on your favorite podcast platform. I hope that is the Hail Mary Media app. It's a great way to get Faith Moments and many other Catholic media podcasts and information, prayers, resources, and a wonderful way to walk through this Lenten journey together. We are entering the third Sunday in the Lenten season, the third Sunday of Lent. Things are really building up. We have the third, fourth, and fifth Sunday, and then Palm Sunday and Holy Week. And so there's just so much that the church wants to give us through the liturgy, through the prayers, and particularly through these readings over the next three Sundays. They're a little bit longer gospel readings, so rich, so beautiful in encountering the Lord. And so let's begin on this 12th of March. And I hope everybody has changed their calendar, right? Spring forward, fall back. So I hope you've had a chance to uh, put your clock ahead an hour and you're finding yourself in your pew at the proper time for Sunday Mass. I'd like to begin with the collect for the day. And there's always something beautiful in these prayers. So let us pray. O God, author of every mercy and of all goodness, who in fasting, prayer, and almsgiving have shown us a remedy for sin, look graciously on this confession of our loneliness, that we who are bowed down by our conscience may always be lifted up by your mercy. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Do you want a remedy for sin? I mean, before we even get into the readings, just then that collect, we, the, Jesus shows us the remedy of sin, who when he prayed, fasted, and gave alms, we just saw this in the temptation in the desert of Jesus fighting the devil during his time of fasting. He, he shows us the way. It's through this purification of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, letting go, letting go of those attachments that hold us back. Who in fasting, prayer, and almsgiving, he has shown us the remedy of sin. And when we bow down by our conscience, 
as we reflect on what is good, what is true, what is beautiful, we're lifted up by God's mercy. Beautiful collect to ponder on as we continue our Lenten journey. Our first reading today comes from the book of Exodus, and this is Exodus chapter 17. In those days, in their thirst for water, the people grumbled against Moses, saying, Why did you ever make us leave Egypt? Was it just to have us die here of thirst with our children and our livestock? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? A little more, and they will stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Go over there in front of the people, along with some of the elders of Israel, holding in your hand as you go the staff with which you struck the river. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock in Oreb. Strike the rock, and the water will flow from it for the people to drink. This Moses did in the presence of the elders of Israel. The place was called Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled there and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord in our midst or not? The word of the Lord. The responsorial psalm is Psalm 95. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, let us sing joyfully to the Lord. Let us acclaim the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us joyfully sing psalms to him. If today you hear his voice, pardon not your hearts. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord who made us. For he is our God, and we are the people he shepherds, the flock he guides. If today you hear his voice, pardon not your hearts. Oh, that today you would hear his voice. Harden not your hearts, as at Meribah, as in the day of Massah in the desert, where your fathers tempted me. They tested me, though they had seen my works. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Our second reading comes from the letter to the Romans, chapter 5. Brothers and sisters, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith to this grace in which we stand and we boast in hope of the glory of God. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For Christ, while we were still helpless, died at the appointed time for the ungodly. Indeed, only with difficulty does one die for a just person. Though perhaps for a good person, one might even find courage to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading comes from the gospel of John chapter 4. Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, 
near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to to her, If you knew the gift of God, who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket, and the cistern is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the cistern and drank from it himself with his children and his flocks? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, You are right in saying, I do not have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you people say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand, because salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And indeed, the Father seeks such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one speaking with you. At that moment, the disciples returned and were amazed that he was talking with a woman. But still no one said, what are you looking for? Or why are you talking with her? The woman left her water jar and went into the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I have done. Could he possibly be the Christ? They went out of the town and he and came to him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, 
I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, could someone have brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say in four months the harvest will be here? I tell you, look up and see the fields ripe for the harvest. The reaper is already receiving payment and gathering crops for eternal life so that the sower and reaper can rejoice together. For here the saying is verified that one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the work, and you are sharing the fruits of their work. Many of the Samaritans of that town began to believe in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me everything I have done. When the Samaritans came to him, they invited him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more began to believe in him because of his word, and they said to the woman, We no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, there is a lot going on here. And I just want to go back to the first reading of Exodus as I was uh, listening to some other commentaries, reading some other commentaries of these readings. And uh, a theme came up, do you thirst? Do you thirst? God provides. And I challenge you to look into the book of Exodus. We hear just a small segment of the grumbling of the people in uh, Exodus chapter 17. But if you go uh, back one more chapter to chapter 16, you see the beginning of the provisions that God is providing. First of all, it's this manna, the quail, and the manna that come. And, and God provides these hungry people that are grumbling. It would have been better for us to stay slaves in Egypt. Why are we here? You know, do we so often, when things are inconvenient, when things aren't just exactly how we like them to be, that we begin to immediately grumble without even pondering, giving thanks, listening, reflecting what's going on in this situation. Why is it the way that it is? What are the blessings that are around me? So fickle are we even today. Have we progressed much more than these Israelites with poor Moses and Aaron? And, and, and Moses is thinking, these people are going to stone me. They're not getting their way. You know, children playing in the sandbox and somebody took the shovel away. Could you share? Could you get, you have a sandbox and a shovel. What blessings you have. You know, think about the blessings that God has provided. And so what we hear and read in chapter 16 is this ongoing kind of grumbling, but God provides. And God not only provides this quail, and then in the morning, this uh, frost that becomes manna, food, and sustains them. 
on a daily basis. One of the things that I think is so beautiful when we hear the the, the prayer from Jesus, you know, give us this day our daily bread, that that God did provide a daily portion, not any more that the people needed. In fact, he said, God said and told Moses to tell the people, this is how much you're to keep for yourself, for your family, for the community that you're living in. He provided exactly what they needed. And he said, don't save any for overnight. You don't keep any for the next day. And people did. They they kind of tested God. Well, what does he mean? I can't store any for tomorrow. And so the people that did keep a little extra food for the next day, that disobeyed God's instruction, that food turned into, uh, it rotted, it turned into wormy meal. You know, and God was testing the people. Will they listen? You know, I'm providing them exactly what they need. Will they listen? Will they follow my instructions? I need a people that will follow. And eventually he said, on the sixth day, you provide twice as much and you can save it. And then the next day is the Sabbath day, a day of rest. So you don't work. You have enough food to provide you for that day. You know, in all of that, I see that God does provide what we need. We think we need a lot more than what we really need, but God does provide. And Moses and Aaron are faithful, and they're trying to help the people see how the Lord provides. You know, when you see at the end of this reading, the place was called Massa and Meribah because this is where the Israelites quarreled. They tested God. Well, can we stretch it out a little bit? Can we do our will instead of God's will? God has a perfect will. God's will is divine. And he's calling us always to cooperate and to live in that divine will. And yet we want our own comfort, our own provisions. And we'll tuck away a little bit here. But God is asking us to trust, to trust, to trust. And, and that is part of the lesson that I gain from the example of the faithfulness of Moses and his willingness to keep working with the people to follow the instructions of the Lord. Let's go to the Gospel of John just a little bit. And I love this story. We hear it every year. And I get new insights. I hear new reflections every year. I think this is the beauty of the cycles of the readings that we have. We're in cycle A, but we're also in Lent. So we have the Lenten readings for Sundays. And don't think, oh, I've heard this woman at the, the woman at the well story. Uh, go into it deeper and one thing, maybe I've heard it before, but I don't remember hearing it, uh, and it, it came a little bit more striking, was we hear about the woman who has five husbands. The one that she's with, number six, is not her husband. And the woman is thirsty. She's thirsting. And with the example of the husbands, and now one that's not her husband, there's this idea that she is thirsting for companionship, for love, for something that's lasting. And that thirsting 
is deeper than a physical gratification. Uh, the thirsting, there's a thirsting that can't be quenched with a relationship. There's a thirsting that can only be quenched by what Jesus can offer. And she's gone through this thirsting with six relationships in number uh, numbers numerology there's this idea of each number has some different meanings and we see that six is something that's incomplete that it there's a lack when there's six that there it is not complete and yet seven is a number that represents perfection that something is completed in that seven. We have seven sacraments, you know, the perfect number of sacraments, let's say. But here's a woman who has had six relationships. She, in this story, encounters Jesus, the seventh relationship. And let's see what happens when she encounters this relationship. This is a thirsting that's a different kind of thirst that will quench in a different way it's not just this physical, I'm going to drink and I'll be quenched for a moment. It'll, it'll help me with my thirst for a moment. No, my encounter and a true encounter with Jesus is life-changing. One of the things I want to point out is that this, this encounter with the Samaritan woman and Jesus, there's a progression in her recognition of who Jesus is is. And one of the things that was brought out in a commentary that I thought was interesting, we hear in the beginning of the story that it was about noon. So the sun is at the top. It's probably the hottest time of the day. It's probably the brightest time of the day. And think about Jesus is there at this well that has a lot of history in a bright, in the brightest time of the day that in this encounter of this Samaritan woman who is thirsty, not just her body, but her soul, her heart is thirsting. And she's not finding what is going to satisfy her soul. What it really is, is eternal life. It's an encounter with her Lord. And so she comes in the noonday sun and she encounters the full light the fullness of light in Jesus Christ. And she recognizes that he is a Jew. And so the first recognition that she has is here's a man, man, and he's a Jew. Not, and she's not supposed to have any kind of communication with a particularly a male and then a Jew. And so she recognizes you're a Jew. You shouldn't be even talking to me. And yet Jesus encounters her and asks, give me a drink, opening up the conversation for what kind of a thirst will she be fulfilled with? Is it the thirst that she holds in her jar, in her water jug? Or is it the true thirst that she has, the thirst that her heart is yearning for? And she's tried to satisfy that thirst with relationships, but that wasn't the right thirsting. She still thirsts. We have many different ways that we fill our time with work, with service. Uh, we have these hobbies. We try to quench our thirst with doing and becoming. Even that can turn into addictions. 
that we thirst. But the ultimate thirst, the ultimate water for our thirst, we'll hear, is water and life, the spirit, the spirit and life that provides eternal water, the baptismal water of life. So the woman recognizes Jesus as a Jew. They have this conversation. And then she says, are you greater than our father Jacob? Now there's a deeper, there's a deeper way she's looking at this man. Now, is he somebody really important, greater than Jacob? Further down, as they have this conversation, when Jesus actually says, go call your husband, and and he says, you have the five husbands, you had the five husbands, and, and she realizes that he knows her soul. He can read who she is. And she says, you are a prophet. So now not just a Jew, a man, somebody greater than Jacob, but now this man is a prophet. As there is this encounter with Jesus, as she engages in the encounter with the Lord, she's able to see more and more. It's like that light of Christ is, is, is pushing through her and opening up the dark recesses of her heart. She came at a time when nobody comes to the well. Maybe she wanted to avoid the people. Maybe she just had so much sorrow and, um, and a depression or a darkness about her, a guilt. But, but she comes to the well and Jesus brings the light. And then she says, I know that the Messiah is coming because now Jesus is talking about worshiping God the spirit and truth. And she's even recognizing something even deeper in this person that she has met. And then she realizes he is the one. In fact, this is the most beautiful line, I think, in the whole reading. Jesus says to her, I am he, the one who is speaking with you. When the woman says, I know that the Messiah is coming. She's aware. She's aware of the Messiah. The one called the Christ, when he comes, he will tell us everything. And she's recognizing that this man has told her everything about her. And Jesus says, I am he, the one speaking with you. Here's this another level of recognition, another awareness of the light of this man, this Christ that is before her. And so then she goes and she goes to the people and the people receive her. It's not like she's ostracized from the community because they listen to her when she shares, come see a man who has told me everything I have done. Could he be the Christ? She is becoming convinced that this is the Christ. This is the Messiah. And what I think is so beautiful about this reading is then these Samaritans who have been taught over many years to stay away from the Jews. We don't encounter the Jews. Here's a Jew who now could be the Messiah and they come and see him. In fact, they invite him in, have dinner with him. And Jesus stays two days. 
that when we encounter the Lord, spirit and life, do we invite him in? Do we spend some time with him? Do we welcome him into our home, into our relationships, into our vocation, into our family? Do we spend time with the Lord and let him live in us? And Jesus lived with them for a couple of days, reaching out to the outskirts, sharing the good news. And it said, many of the Samaritans of the town began to believe in him because not because of the word of the woman, they first did. But they said, we no longer believe just because of your word, but we have heard it for ourselves. And this is what builds a true disciple. We hear the word of God. We hear the testimony from others. We certainly read it in sacred scripture. But we have to have that encounter like these Samaritans did, they had an encounter with the true Lord. And now they said, we know, we know, because we've encountered the Lord, that he is truly the savior of the world. And that's my question for me, for you. Do you know, because you've encountered him personally, personally, in your time of prayer, in your time of reading sacred scripture, in your time of adoration in the Blessed Sacrament, in your time of receiving Holy Eucharist, in your time of pouring out your heart and repenting of your sins in the Sacrament of Reconciliation Confession, in that moment that you received him first in your Holy Baptism, will you spend time like this woman did getting to know the light of Christ, letting that noonday sun just penetrate every cell of your being. Let that noonday sun penetrate you, come within you, bring light into where there is darkness, where there is unsatisfaction that the world tries to provide. The world cannot provide the satisfaction that only comes from Jesus Christ. That satisfaction comes from the Lord, the Lord himself. I am spirit and life. I will bring you eternal life. Jesus is the one who will quench your thirst. True thirst is quenched by encountering Jesus Christ every single day. Amen. Have a blessed third week of your Lenten season. May the woman at the well and the Samaritans be an encourager to you as they are to me to continue to be quenched by the word and the life and the light of Jesus Christ. God be with you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.